Women have been playing football for more than 150 years, and it's always been political. Some have been celebrated, but others have been ridiculed, criticized, and forgotten. This is the Forgotten 11, the hidden history of women's football. I'm not going to the White House. No. You know, there was a lot of critics talking about us, but we're back, so it's not been that long. <laughs> Give me the effing ball. Playing like a girl means you're a badass. Hi, I'm Chris. Welcome to the Forgotten Eleven. Today on the show, a very special player. But first, please follow the show on Twitter at ForgottenXI. Also, if you like the show, please leave a review, especially on iTunes, and share with your friends on social media. Before we get to the show, please go get the FA Player app on your smartphone or TV. Trust me, there's a link in the show notes. If you haven't heard, the NWSL season is a little weird, and the pandemic is raging here in the U.S., so many of the players, especially the U.S. national team, aren't playing here. Many of them have decided to go play in the English Women's Super League, the top flight of England's women's football. Sam Mewis and Rose Lavelle are at Manchester City, Tobin Heath and Kristen Press are at Manchester United, and Alex Morgan has just arrived at Tottenham. Maybe more will follow. Also, about half of the Matildas have joined the Women's Super League, including Sam Kerr. And obviously, most of England's Lionesses are there. So basically, most of the best talent in the world will be playing in the WSL this season. And you can watch all of it for free if you get that FA Player app. Like I said, there's a link in the show notes. Now, if you're an NWSL fan, don't worry. The players are only on loan until the beginning of the next NWSL season. So they'll be back here when it's safe. Okay, back to today's show. There are some players that just deserve a little extra attention. Players like Pele or Lily Parr. Their stories on and off the pitch somehow make us think or leave us in awe or inspire us. One of those players I've mentioned before in the Rebellion episodes. Her name is Rose Riley. Rose Riley was born in a small town in Scotland in 1955. When she was four, she got a doll for Christmas. I'm sure it was a nice doll, but Rose didn't want a doll. Later that day, when the kids were out in Sewerton showing off their new toys and gifts, Rose traded her new doll for what she really wanted, a football. Rose loved that football. It was one of the old heavy leather balls. She played with it constantly, always dribbling it. She even slept with it, afraid that someone might take it away from her. Rose Riley wanted to play football. But this is Scotland in 1959. Like England, Scotland's FA had banned women from the game. And while there were women's teams in Britain, it was unusual. Like many places, it was considered a man's game. Rose's family and friends told her to give it up. Just after that Christmas, Rose turned five. And one of the first things she did was go to, down to the local park to get on to the football team. The coach told her, that she was too small. 
that she should come back in a couple of years when she was bigger. The coach probably didn't think much about it. He might never have expected to see her again. Young Rose, though, marked out exactly two years on a calendar and got to work. She took her football everywhere, constantly practicing dribbling and working on her skills. When she ran to the shops for her mom or dad, she brought the ball with her. Their shopkeepers hated that. And of course, seeing her play, everyone had to point out to her that football wasn't for girls. Rose kept practicing. Two years later to the day, she went back to that coach. This time, the coach told her it was a boys team. So Rose showed, showed him her skills and again asked to join the team. After the coach saw what she could do, the coach said, cut your hair short and your name is going to be Ross. Ross Riley had made it onto her first team. Well, Rose Riley. It was 1962. Ross was good. She scored goals, a lot of them. She was often the best player on the team. By the time Ross was about 12, professional scouts were looking around. After a particularly good match where she scored seven goals, a Celtic FC scout approached the coach. He wanted to sign Ross to their team. The coach answered, you can't sign Ross. Ross is Rose. She's a girl. Rose was standing right there. She had heard all of it. She later said, I got talking to that scout and I was raging about it. I just couldn't understand why I couldn't play for Celtic. Think about that. Rose Riley isn't even a teenager yet. And she's scouted by a professional men's team. She must have been something to see. She continued to play as a teenager, but it got more difficult. It became more obvious that she was a girl playing a boys on a boys team. Everyone disapproved. They encouraged her to take up track and field, which she did, and she was good at that as well. In the late 60s, the Women's Football Association is formed to regulate the women's game. Soros switched to a women's team called Stewarton and Thistle LFC <clears throat> and played from 63 until 72 when she switched to West Thorn United. In that time, she had won a treble, the first Scottish Cup, the League Cup, and the first League Championship in 1973. She also represented Scotland at 10 international matches. Do you remember that Mexico World Cup in 1971? She would have been on the Great Britain team, but with all the controversy from the English FA, England alone sent a team. And then Riley's Scottish career was over. There was no money in women's football. There was constant pressure from friends, teachers, family to give it up. It had to be difficult for her. The only support she got was from teammates. She tried to focus on track and field, and remember she was good at that. Rose eventually met and married a nice doctor, Norberto 
Peralta, and they had a daughter named Valentina. Wow, weird names for Scotland. It's a little bit sad that so many women around the world had to give up sports as adults. Oh, wait, hang on. I missed something. Rose Riley did the only thing a Scottish female footballer could do in 1973. She got on an airplane with a single cardboard suitcase, flew to France, and tried out for the women's team at Stade de Rennes. Rose Riley made the team at Rennes, and she played well there. When the Scottish FA found out about her pro career, they decided to give her a lifetime ban. After just six months at Rennes, AC Milan recruited her to play for them in Italy. Italian Serie A was the top women's league in the world in the 1970s. Milan was one of the better teams. Rose wasn't even 20 years old, and she was now a starting striker in the best league in the world. That's kind of amazing. In either the 1978-79 season, or the 79-80 season, Rose played for two teams, one in Italy and for Rems in France. She would play for one on Saturday, then hop on a plane and play for the other on Sunday. And here's the thing. Rose Riley won both the Italian and the French titles that year. As far as I know, she's the only player to ever win two titles in different countries in the same season. Over her entire career, Rose Riley won the Italian Serie A eight times, four Italian Cups, and one French title. In 1978, she scored 43 goals and won the Golden Boot. In 81, she scored 45 goals and again won the Golden Boot. By this point, Rose is fluent in Italian, and she's living her dream as a pro footballer. She's one of the most famous women in Italy. But there's one thing she hasn't done. Remember that Scotland has banned her for life. When the Mundi Liuto happened in Italy in 1984, Italy wanted Riley to play for them, her adopted homeland. They even had the idea that she marry an old pensioner to gain Italian citizenship. Well, she didn't marry that guy, but they worked it out so that Rose had dual citizenship between Italy and Scotland, and she would play for Italy in 1984. If you remember, the final match was played between West Germany and Italy. The final was 3-1 to Italy, with Riley scoring one of the goals. And then the Italian team were off to Xi'an, China, for another one of those Rebel World Cups. This is one of those tournaments where some of the countries sent proper teams and others sent club teams like the, the Dallas Sting to represent their country. And there were some local Chinese teams. Italy lost 3-2 to two to the eventual tournament winners, the Dallas Sting, in the semifinal. But Rose Riley won the Golden Boot. In 1985, Rose Riley took Italy to the final of the 1985 Mundialito and lost 3-2 to England. Rose Riley's Serie A career lasted until 1995. 
and that's where she married the Argentinian doctor. In the early 2000s, the Scottish FA lifted their ban a little late. In 2007, she was inducted into the Scottish Sports Hall of Fame, and the following year, she made it into the Scottish Football Hall of Fame. She became the first woman to win the PFA Scotland Merit Award in 2011, and in January of 2020, she was knighted for her services to women's football. She now lives in Scotland. If you want to see a little bit more on Rose Riley, head over to YouTube and look up her name. There's a nice documentary about her life and career. You'll probably need to turn on the subtitles because it's in English, Italian, and Scottish Gaelic, but it's definitely worth some time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to review the show wherever you listen and follow the show on Twitter at ForgottenXI. If you want to help out, you can join the Slack channel. Uh, the Slack is a group chat app, and in the Forgotten 11 Slack, we have pictures of some of the players and teams I've covered and stories I haven't gotten to yet. Until next time. Thank you.